Welcome to Make It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will have an inspiring guest tell their story of overcoming obstacles, never settling, and making it happen. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. So grab a coffee. Hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go. Okay, so we are live. Welcome to Making It Happen. I'm delighted to say we are on episode number 46. And before I give this person the introduction, I'm super excited because the last five, 10 minutes just chatting to her has been like energy. So I know this podcast is going to be great and great energy. And I can't wait to hear her full story and her journey so far. So without further ado, our next guest is Sharon Keegan. I always just double check, Sharon, have I got that pronunciation right? Perfect, perfect. My dyslexia comes out sometimes, so I don't. I always want to make sure. So Sharon Keegan, if you don't know, is the founder and CEO of Peachy Lean, a fitness apparel brand which supports and instills self-esteem and confidence in women, which sell colorful and fun workout leggings. And I think it's more than that now, which I'm sure we're going to jump into. Uh, Complementing her postgrad innovation course in UCD, Sharon has tapped into the mentality of many women at the gym who are feeling low and unconfident while working out. Peachy Lean is there to make them feel on top again. Now, Sharon, we're, we're going to get into Peachy Lean in a moment, but welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting to be here. Brilliant. So, Sharon, like we do at the start of this podcast, just if you're giving the audience or listeners a little bit of a background, talk to us about growing up in childhood a little bit and what that's like for you. So I'm a Tala girl, born and bred, very, very proud of my Tala heritage. St. Mark's School in Tala was where I uh, went to school and grew up in Springfield. Um, and growing up, I, I, it's funny actually that we're on this podcast talking about it, but I only was speaking to a good teacher of mine yesterday and I was, she was asking me like, where did you get your female empowerment kind of, you know, ethos? And I, and I really did come from working at, in, with it, with, within that school. We had like a female um we had a female uh, principal and great female teachers. And it was the time of the Spice Girls. And, you know, growing up around that time, it was just, you know, really female kind of centric. And growing up, I always knew I wanted to do something to help women because, you know, you never really seen entrepreneurs or business women around Tala. You just never seen it. And to be honest, even nowadays, you know, you don't see a lot of female um, representation, you know, in management teams or on investment boards or whatever. So really, I, I just knew that that's kind of where I was going to go. So I was a, I was from an entrepreneurial family. My father was entrepreneurial and my mother was actually quite entrepreneurial and all of my brothers. So we're kind of like the Dell boy trotters of Springfield, like the trotters independent traders. You call us the Keegans independent traders. And we all had like great little business ideas and little things. So we all grew up, you know, um, starting businesses. And I had started like a tanning company when I was 19 and that kind of failed. And then I went off traveling and I came back and I seen a company. Uh, I went to Glastonbury Festival and seen this amazing long queue. And I was really intrigued by the queue. And I thought, what's that queue? And anyway, got to the top of the queue. And it was these pies, these amazing pie products. And I ended up bringing them into Ireland and running that business for about eight years in my 20s, which was a great time. Don't remember a lot of it because we were at the festivals all around Ireland. Brilliant time, really, you know, partied hard, worked hard and played hard. But um, then we had to pull that business because um, 
importing products from the UK got really difficult at one stage in about 2015 because the sterling just rolled really, really high and we lost a lot of margin. So that was quite a difficult time, if I'm quite honest, because um, I was pregnant for the first time. I was 33 and I had a lot of friends working in the business and yeah, I just felt, I felt like a total failure and I kind of was, my whole ego as in who I was or who I thought I was, was wrapped into this like, you know, entrepreneur or someone who, you know, is a manager or a leader and failing at that. So, you know, I thought it was very miserable, like it was a very miserable time for me. And then I was at home with my baby and I was a little bit, if I'm honest, and you know, you, you might relate to this because you have a brand new baby, right? But I was underwhelmed and, and exhausted, right? <laughs> exhausted. So I ended up um, being diagnosed with postnatal depression and I didn't like the medication that the, um, the doctor had subscribed for me at the time. And I remember my partner just saying, Sharon, go to the gym, go to the gym, move your body. You will feel better. Get, you know, get yourself a trainer, maybe work with somebody who can coach you a little bit. And I did. I worked with a guy. Um, um, oh, God, his name. Summers, Summers, Summers. Uh, anyway, something Summers. I'll get it because if he hears this, he'll kill me. But um, he really did pull me and helped pull me out of a really dark period. And that's where Peachy Lane was born because... I kind of felt I was on a treadmill. It's a true story. I was on a treadmill. And I remember seeing this girl walking out of the gym and she was, she had walked in and then she walked out very, very quickly. And I remember thinking, Oh God, I feel for her because I know what that feels like, you know, walking in and thinking everybody's looking at me. I don't know how to use this gym equipment. Um, I'm on the treadmill doing something, but nothing's really happening here. You know, walking out feeling like maybe I'd done something, but nothing was happening to my body. So look, I just could see all of this happen all the time. And I know you relate to that as someone who works with women and men, um, especially around their mindset. So I thought to myself, if I can create a community or some sort of network of women that support each other, you know, to achieve goals, dreams, you know, even just to go to the gym or go walking or whatever it is that you're just kind of there for each other, like a support group. Well, then we could, we could um, be onto something here. Like I needed it my, myself. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe I could produce a product because I was actually wearing Spanx underneath my gym wear because I had this new shape, you know, obviously after having a baby. So um, I decided, right, well, I'll, I'll try and create, you know, a product that would, help support the woman as in her her shape and then we can create the community around it and literally it, it, it was born out of, of an idea on a treadmill brilliant. brilliant listen sharon if just from from that um story there if we jump back for a second um you talk about your your family being entrepreneurial and one thing i'd love to delve in you just mentioned failure there and maybe a business not working out and you mentioned the the tannin salon where did that i suppose dust yourself off, go again. Is that something that was instilled from you, from your family? Yeah, my dad and my mother. My mother, geez, like you could literally blow up a city and my mother would still, you know, <laughs> champion you. You know, she's just this great heart and she's such a beautiful soul. And then my dad always had this like um, attitude where, you know, I hope this isn't rude, but this is what he used to say. And please, I hope don't, you know, but he used to always say, Sharon, you wipe your arse the same way as everybody else does. You know, even the queen has to wipe her arse. In, in other words, 
we're all the same, like, and we all fail. And, you know, some people show it, some people don't. And I think that that's, I think there's a strength in, in, in admitting your failure and just carrying on regardless, you know, I think people respect that because, um, I don't know, there's just, it's just more authentic, you know? So to fail, yes, we would definitely feel it for a few days. And my dad would say, right, you have a day to moan, cry, kick, scream, shout into a pillow, and then, right, what's the next thing? On to the next thing. So definitely my father and my mother instilled that in me, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's very interesting, especially in the times we're living in now with social media. I think everything looks like it's instant success. And for me, it's like the amount of times I've had doors closed, me have been told no and things have fallen through. But it's just that resilience to, to build up internally. Sharon, you touched on, I suppose, finding that trainer and exercise was there any other mentors or were you like you know what the pie business didn't work out I need to find something or tell us a little bit about that journey so Simon Summers is the guy you got the name (laughs) I had to get him because he was brilliant and definitely owe him a lot of credit but um yes he was really the first person who started me he's he was really great with the confidence and and like anything when you train or push through a milestone like is something like jumping up on a box which is a really hard thing to do when you're you know five stone overweight or whatever but like building them tiny milestones every day really helped me for my mindset but then also I was 33 at this new baby bit of depression and I didn't I never um excelled with education really I never really went on and done a degree or anything like that but I got an opportunity to go back and study um it's a course called um, the UCD Innovation Academy. It's in innovation and entrepreneurship. And to anyone here who listens, um, if you're in a place where you're you're at a crossroads in life and maybe you're midlife, as in like in your 30s, and you don't know what you want to do, you might have had a career, but you're not happy in your career. And you don't, you, but you're more, you know, you have more ambition and drive for life. I would absolutely recommend this course. It's incredible. And it's for mature students. Anyone really can get in if they've had a career. So I had a career at that stage and my background was business. So it's kind of like a master's level, but you, you know, you don't do a lot of projects. It's not heavy on kind of, you know, your administration or whatever. Like it's just all, um, you know, project based. Like it's, um, you know, you're out doing things, selling things, stuff. But basically what it does is it gives you such a confidence, like, I was trying to describe to someone the other day because I championed the course so much. It's like going back to play skill for adults. So it allows a part of your brain to awaken that we are like, it's just dulled. It's just non-existent when you're an adult and you have all these responsibilities. And it gives you this freedom to really open up that creativity side of your brain and actually dream again. Like, like have ambition for more and and actually believe it because it really is all down to belief. And I, I truly know that now, but I didn't know that at the time, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So I credit them as well for definitely for the confidence. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm excited. I'm going to check it out <laughs> myself. Um, Sharon, so talk to us. Like you see that lady come in and out of the gym. Yeah. You have this idea. You're on the treadmill. Like talk to me about that journey of starting off the idea of Peachaline and getting into the clothing trade. That must be like, that's a massive undertaking. Yeah, like, and it's funny you talk about failure because when I went to the Innovation Academy, I actually produced a different product, not Peachy Lean. 
I I was selling Pichelina as a hustle, as a side thing. And then I created a very, um, like, I created this product. It was called Dermalite. It was a vitamin D transdermal solution that, like, you put on mothers and babies. And it was all steered around mental health because, obviously, we know vitamin D um, can, you know, increase, um, increase, I think it's serotonin in the brain and it, it just helps with the mental health. So because I was struggling with that, I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll develop this product. And that was a slog <laughs> and it failed like, like immediately because when I brought it to Enterprise Ireland um, as a business project, the funding needed for that project was like millions. So it just didn't happen. So Peachy Lean then, what happened was I was in the gym with Simon Summers every, you know, three days doing my weight program. And I was selling these leggings. And basically what happened was um, I had the concept. I, you know, had a great friend who had a gorgeous peachy bum and we put, you know, the leggings on her and the photographs were amazing. And then we were able to do this like inclusive size range, which the manufacturers had allowed us to do. And all of a sudden, like we had 224 units sold. And I was thinking, this is insane growth. Like this is really good. You know, now, you know, they were, they were at the, at the lowest price at that stage and I wasn't really making any money, but I kind of just wanted to validate, like, is this something here, you know? And what year is this Sharon? Like, just give us an idea. Is this when the only yeah. reason I asked this is because I think of the gym 10 years ago, yeah. and I think of the gym now and I'm like, it's a fashion, like people are in the best of gear going yeah. to the gym and people are wearing their gym clothes outside. Whereas eight to 10 years ago, that maybe wasn't the case. No, and it was all just about the leggings back when I, like it was 2018. It's not that long ago, yeah, actually. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, I, when I started this, it was all about the leggings. They were just mad into like, and some women wanted to drill colorful yeah. leggings. And like, I was, I was five stone heavier. Like I couldn't find fashionable leggings. I was wearing, you know, I'm not going to say the brands, but I was wearing like, you know, bigger box brands. And I was wearing spanks underneath them because they were completely see-through because they were so stretched on my big, behind that you could see right through them you know so I just wanted to I suppose just produce something that like the everyday woman needed like this because because not everybody and this is another like delusion in the world like and you know this you know this because you're in every day not every fit woman is a size six you know and not every fit body is is lean you know and like that's that was my biggest mission of yes producing a product that women felt good in but also producing a product that like was inclusive to all women because some of the brands didn't provide that product for over size 16 which is just I just don't get that you know like women are playing rugby they're playing you know like the women that we sell to in Germany and Amsterdam are bigger women like but they're not provided for in the huge box brands I just don't I just couldn't couldn't fathom it you know so that's really um you know how you know how it all started it, it, it took off because there was a need for that particular product at the time and we were selling it you know no mess and I'm still here in my kitchen because you know COVID happened and we never got into an office but we I like have a box bedroom up there for the baby and um that turned into like a, a production studio and obviously we've moved now into a, a proper fulfillment center but like it did start in the box bedroom of my my poor bit newborn's <laughs> room was like he was in awesome we ended up just using that as the peachy lean kind of hq you know but i was actually pregnant i fell pregnant in 2018 on my second son 
And um, I remember going, so DCU Ryan Academy, another fantastic program for entrepreneurs. Um, it's called the DCU Female High Flyers. It's a female-led program. But when I went in to, you know, it was like an investment program for, for females. I, I found out on the first day that I was pregnant. And of course, a joyous, you know, amazing thing to happen. But back in my day, right, when I, so I'm, you know, 20 years ago and I went to school, any educational program, you just had this fear that if you're pregnant, you were, you were just, you disappeared. So I thought going into this entrepreneurship program, which was really difficult to get into, and I got in it, uh, into it, I thought, oh, they're going to sack me, like I'm going to have to go. And I was so elated when I went to the woman and told her, oh, listen, I'm so sorry, like I'm pregnant. And she's like, yeah, great, amazing, amazing. Like, this is amazing that you're pregnant. This is going to be like empowering, you know? Sorry, there's someone about to walk in here, I think. Who's that? Sorry. All good, all good. Um, Sharon, just just two things I want to pick up there. Um, first off, I suppose um Peachelene side hustle was social media big. When did it go? Do you know what? This is full time, Tom. This has grown. I, I've seen a gap in the market. Just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think it was, look, we, we, when we sold the 224 units in a matter of like, if I'm really honest, we didn't have 224 units. We had a website and a, and a, a Shopify website that was overselling. So when I, like we were, we were taking cash, but I had to ask the ladies, would they wait for their product? So I kind of knew, I was like, this is good. Like they're, they're good sales. Like I'd worked in a business previously you know, I know about volume sales and obviously I'd worked in kind of <laughs> a couple of failed businesses, but it, this was just instant takeoff. And then social media as well. So, you know yourself, you get validation very quickly. So, you know, um, I think we, we, we started an Instagram page. Now, <laughs> I hadn't even a clue what Instagram was when I started, but a good friend, Leona, had helped me with that. And we had a couple of thousand people on there in, a, in literally weeks. So I was like, OK, we have something. And then it's just about really creating the community. And, you know, like we, we hosted fantastic events that were, you know, with like-minded women. And then from that, the women were kind of, you know, they, they championed the brand for themselves. And, you know, like we genuinely, this sounds going to sound over the top, but we have genuinely changed people's lives. And it's not just the legging, it's the whole community and what we're trying to do with women's mindset, you know? So, yeah. And one thing, Sharon, I kind of ask most of the guests is uh, when it comes to business, is there one thing like is there one thing that stands out you love the most? Is, like you mentioned shipping to Europe and across the world. And is, I suppose, is there a positive and negative one thing you don't like about business, one thing you love about business? So what I love about I've always loved business. So I've, I've been born, I've born to be in business and I love I love the wheel and dealing. I love creating new from from nothing I love that that's you know innovation I suppose is probably what I love the most um what I don't like about business is how unfair it can be and how it's not balanced um and I'm saying that in the kindest way possible you know a lot of decisions made about female products are being made by men and that's not being sexist but it's just unfair because you know a lot of a lot of situations could be better. So yeah, I feel there's a little bit of unbalance in business and I, and I really want women to believe in themselves enough 
to 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 do to to create their own products and services and and go into business because I speak to so many women who just say oh I don't know enough about that and I don't I don't have you know I have kids I can't I couldn't do that like sure I have like you know you can is what I'm trying to say and it's all it's all up there you have to just believe in it and they have to have a passion for it as well. and Sharon is that would you say just on that point is that an Irish mentality or is that across the board I think look Irish well I've seen from Irish women and I I they are really terrified of judgment and they are terrified of putting themselves out there to be judged or, or fail it's the biggest thing like I remember going into UCD on the first day, okay, and I was I was I was suffering very bad with anxiety and depression, obviously. And we had to do a talk, like you had to stand up on front of the whole of UCD and do a talk. And this was like very challenging for everybody on the course. And I remember like nearly having an anxiety attack before I was doing that, but they they done it for a reason, and they done it to teach us that, you know, being judged, standing out amongst the crowd you know, putting yourself out there to speak in public one is one of the most terrifying things the humans, um, you know, are they're, they're just terrified of that more so than anything else. It, like even even than death, like they're, they're terrified of it. So it's it's breaking that stigma. It's like it's try, what we're trying to do is teach women to get out of that mindset and to get out of that brain, like the inner critic, that that person who damages their soul and their fire every single day and um it's coming genuinely from a place of understanding because I was that soldier you know yeah so it's breaking breaking that for, for women but yeah women Irish women I I don't see it much in the UK I see I see I see a little bit more confidence in the UK maybe it's just at scale or it's more kind of transparent there maybe we're a little bit behind but yeah, and you don't see it as much in the US as, as, as you would all know. But Irish women are a little bit more reserved, you know, when it, when it comes to putting themselves out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny to talk about that mindset. I have a there's a quote I have on the wall behind here, Gary Vernachuk, and he's like, uh, nobody gives a fuck. And like sometimes <laughs> you need to when you get that bad phone call or you get that judgment or someone says something or maybe on social, or maybe someone says to your face, it can really knock people down and they have to hit that reset and it stops people maybe from progressing. So yeah, you've got to build up that inner resilience and say getting out there. Sharon, t- two other points. Talk to us about the pandemic and how that affected, I suppose, Peachy Lean in your business. Yeah. So look, it's a double-edged sword. Um, you know, in March, obviously the doors closed for everybody and we were all stuck at home and Jesus, like I had two young babies, um, a two-year-old five-year-old at that stage um, and the business was completely taken off like it was you know everyone was at home wanting to wear their peachy leans or do a bit of exercise and at the start it was such a positive thing I was like oh my god this is great whatever but on a personal level like <clears throat> we lost um one of my my brother we lost my brother um literally like two days into like the lockdown and it was excruciatingly painful for my family because we couldn't be together and like you know the way you just quoted from Gary V there like nobody gives a fuck that's exactly how I felt like nobody gives a fuck right because nobody called to the door nobody gave me a hug like not just me poor me but my mother like my mother lost her son like his his wife lost her husband the kids lost their dad like 
that I think for me is a trauma that will possibly never leave me ever. And I've, and I've so much genuine anger and, and, and work to do myself about that situation because thousands of family, actually millions of families went through the same thing. And that's going to cause a ripple effect in our society for years to come because we were, we, we grieved not only the loss of our family, and look, we lost friends and other people as well, but we lost our freedom to grieve, to support each other as humans do. Human nature is to gather around and support and make everything better. And we're carrying that and we carried it and we still are carrying it to this day, but the business took off. And like, it's mad because like in that time of grief, it was oh, it was so, so dark and, and really destroying like personally, but I had so many great people on the team gather around, pick us up, you know, pull, pull, pull us through, like lift us up, you know, like women, they say women lift each other, like women on the team that were lifting me literally to get, keep going. And um, the producer then of the Dragon's Den had rang, uh, well, I think it was like April and we lost Alan in March. And I was just like, no, I can't do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. Like, this is the situation we're in and whatever. So it was it was my dad again pushing through and saying, look, you, you need to do this for your brother and for me and for the family. And yeah, it was it was a tough, tough old time. But the pandemic for Peachy Lean was it was um, a game changer. Like, I think we grew 150 percent in the first year and 300 percent in the second year which, you know, for the business is great. But that's what I was saying. We were already just talking about this before we went live, is that, you know, we, the business might be doing great, but there's still the human on the inside and, and what they're going through as well. So it was kind of a double-edged sword, if I'm, if I'm truly honest. <clears throat> and Listen, first off, thanks for sharing that, uh, Sharon. It's, uh, it, it's powerful, and I'm sure there'll be great lessons for the listeners. And it's great to see that you've got the family support and your father like that. Um, just two things on that was... Was Peachlene a great outlet to have another focus on? And then talk to us about how Dragons then went from your perspective. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're, you've got hit the nail on the head. And you'd obviously understand, but you, you do power yourself into something else. You know, that's all I had, you know? So like, obviously I have my kids and my family and everything else, but it's, it's such a distraction to open a laptop and talk to people on Zoom or just, take yourself out of whatever that situation you're in which can become a little bit destructive too so you have to watch it there's a bit of balance that needs to go on um so the dragon's den was oh my god probably possibly the most exciting thing i've ever done in my whole life <laughs> apart from having my children but um i've always loved the show like i grew up watching the show we'd all sit in the sitting room on a Sunday we'd all take bets on who was gonna get the um you know the 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 um the investment and the life-changing like you know opportunity and um so yeah it was like it was a full slog like when I decided to do it you know we three full months working on our pitch and design and the branding and you know how we were going to pitch I'd say I'd say everyone in my house knew word for word my pitch like you know months in advance yeah it was super polished it was like that's what I was going to say I I don't think sometimes people realize the work that goes into pre something like that yeah and you you only see seven minutes right so you're in there for an hour and a half like it's a proper investor pitch like they have 
you know, you do all your financials, you do your forecasts and you, you explain every single, you know, year on year what you're going to do and the plan and the mission and the vision, like everything. So I was there for an hour and a half and you see seven minutes and it is, you know, produced, you know, so obviously it's a very emotional um, video. If anyone wants to watch it, they can view it on YouTube, but it's, it is a very emotional one and they, they understand now why, because I was going through a lot of stuff in the background and, um, you know, I'd usually be very nervous, like from the UCD moment where I was so anxious to speak to a room full of people. And, you know, I give full credit to UCD for helping me through that anxiety and allowing me to to, to really polish, like speaking in public to, to, you know, two years later, like walking through the doors, seeing these people who I've always like, you know, inspired, been inspired by and actually presenting. You know, I thought very well because you put it this way you know if you don't do well in the dragon's den because they will annihilate you like and it's it's tv so if you slip up in any way they will take you down because that's what they're there to do you know so i felt it went really well and char just one last thing on that how did it come about did you apply or were you reached out to or just how was that process yeah so you can apply actually and right now that they're the applications are open. I only got an email from Tuka Sullivan this morning to tell me that the applications are open if I knew anyone that to put up on Instagram, which I will do. I'll put it up today. Um, so if you have inspiring, you know, um, entrepreneurs that want to do that, you should do it. It's, it's an amazing opportunity, you know. Um, but yeah, what happened was a friend of mine, Aileen Cox Bundell, owns a company and she was setting up a, a food business. And she was looking for investment. And I said, why don't you go to the Dragon's Den in the UK? Because like, that's where you need to build your business. And she said, well, I will, if you will. And I said, of course I will. I absolutely open to all opportunity. And that was in 2018. So I didn't hear back. You know, you just, you send an application for me, you don't hear back. And I was sitting in, in McDonald's. Ooh. <laughs> Very bad me, but I sit in McDonald's. And I got a phone call from, um, from the producer in I think it was August 2019 so I didn't screen test like it's a it's a good year you know I didn't screen test till uh, January 2020 and then obviously COVID hit in March then and I just thought oh, it's never going to happen now because COVID like you know but it did happen it happened through COVID in September of 2020 so um the BBC are like stringent you know bubble planes bubble taxis bubble everything we were in this bubble kind of you know but it was great it was a great experience and you know dream come true really to walk out with three you know dragons wanting to invest in your business like it's phenomenal so and you know what happened after it just exploded like absolutely (laughs) and Sharon just just I suppose on that people might think we we were chatting before we jumped on here people might think the work is over Sharon's made it Pichelin is shooting for the stars and everything's all good. Yeah. Like, does the work double or triple after that? Oh, my God. You are never prepared for what happens because, look, if you obviously, if the pitch is good, if it's a motive, if it hits to the public well, like, you know, perceived to the public well, yes, a tsunami hits the business. And that's what we would call a tsunami because we weren't prepared for it. Like, we thought we were prepared and we weren't prepared. We were six weeks in a hole of madness, right? But then, you know, life goes back to normal and you, you're still every day, like every day I'm still here at the kitchen table on the laptop. You know, I'm not like drinking champagne or like, I, I still have the same salary, like, you know, no big offices or, you know, and like 
I was saying like naively when I watched the show, I used to think, oh my God, they made it. Like what's amazing. Like it's just so amazing. And, and it is amazing, but it's, you know, every day you still have to wake up every day, you still have to go to work and you're still pushing forward. Like we're raising funds again now um, from investment companies and that's hard slog. And, you know, and in two years time, we'll have to raise again. Like that's the way business works, you know? So it's, um, it's a constant, you know, you know, uphill battle. Someone said to me yesterday, it was a great analogy, Fiona O'Carroll, she's a CEO of our business and she's phenomenal. She's just the best person when you're going through a, a, an inner critic struggle, right? And she said to me, Sharon, you know what it is? We're at base camp. We've just got to base camp and we're exhausted. And we're like, we've achieved so much, but we just realize now we're ready to get to the top of Everest. So it's kind of, that's where we are right now. We've achieved this momentous trip up to base camp and we've, we've achieved an amazing thing but now we have to go up to the top of Everest and that'll have its ups and downs I'm sure. Absolutely that's a that's a brilliant analogy. Um, Sharon I, I'm conscious of your time I, I just want to fire a few questions at you here now that I kind of run past most of our guests. When I mention the word success what is your perception of success or what does that look like for you? Success to me is pure happiness. And I know that sounds cliche, but, you know, um, years ago, naively, I would have thought success was cash and um, status and a car and all these fancy things. And, I, and if I'm really, really, truly honest, like all of them things come. And if you're not happy, you know, it means fuck off. <laughs> that is the truth. And I'm sorry for cursing. So, good. you know, it's just happiness to me is, you know, my kids, my family, my brother who I lost, you know, wealth, wealth is your family, your health. It's, it's that abundance of, of love. And if you don't, you know, and, and, and I feel for anyone who doesn't have that because I know how that feels, but I, you know, we, I was the richest person in the world, you know, and I lost some of that and that's, that's heartbreaking. So, Coming through that success is absolute happiness, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant answer. And I, I know your brother's looking down and supporting you yeah. every step of the way, 100%. Um, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in life so far, business or personal? The biggest lesson I've learned is, again, another one, but it's really, really powerful, um, is that we all think that we have time. And, you know... You'll hear this all the time of fitness and mental, you know, wellness. Oh, I'll do start on Monday. I'll do it when I'm skinnier. I'll um, I'll do it when I'm ready or I'm practiced. And that's you don't know. You haven't got the gift of knowing if you have time to do that. And I think that's my biggest lesson in in the loss and the grief was that oh my god, like I didn't realize we didn't have enough time, you know. And I'm reading a, a great book called 4,000 Weeks at the moment. And it's just amazing to know that like, you know, we can, we can slow down time. Like we can slow down time if we actually do the things we love more. And that's, that's the real success in life, being happy and doing things we, we, we love more. And I only have 2,000 weeks left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, um, it, it's time, time and perspective are powerful things. I do a couple of workshops on time, but one, one story I think I've shared a couple of times before, um, one of the founders, you know, the Collison Brothers of Stripe, I do. Yeah, yeah, I know them. Yeah. They have I don't know them personally. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, one of the brothers has in his office a countdown clock. 
of the, his expectation of life. So he's, he's worked out his life expectancy and he has the countdown clock above him. So he knows yeah. what he's got left. And it is powerful. Another quote, like Kanye West is a, I'm a big fan of his. I know people, yeah. I think he's a bit crazy, but he said, um, he said one thing, he's like, all we're guaranteed in life is death. And as you oh, said yeah. there, like it's yeah. enjoying, trying to enjoy every moment, but enjoy what you've got when you're here, I think is a big thing. So that yeah. was brilliant. Um, regrets, Sharon, when I mentioned that word, like, do you, do you have regrets? Do you, do yeah, you I do have regrets. it or like, not? No, I do have regrets. Like, it's very personal, but I do have regrets. Um, I have personal regrets. And again, it comes from loss, like not spending enough time with people who I wanted to spend time with and let my ego or my, my inner thoughts stop me from that or people's opinions or judgment stop me from that. And like the lesson in that and moving forward with my life and, you know, not holding on to regret because I certainly have done inner work around that. But it's just that, you know, if your gut, always listen to your gut. Like if your gut is screaming at you every day about something, well, then something's not right, you know? And our brain sometimes overpowers our gut and our heart. And like my gut was telling me something for a very long time. And I overshadowed that with my inner believings of, of a situation that wasn't true. And it's too late now because that person's passed on. So, and I'm not talking about my brother, by the way, I'm talking about someone else. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like if you have a, a niggling feeling about something and you really love someone in your life, um, stop overthinking and just do what your inner self is asking you to do. It's really powerful. Very powerful. Um, last few questions, I swear. What's the future? <laughs> What's next for Sharon and Peachy Lean? Talk to us a little bit about that. So we're raising funds. It's a real slog at the moment, but um, I have a dream of really empowering women. Um, and I always said, and the team, which are a phenomenal team around me, um, always said we'd love to have a really strong female representation on our board. So that's what we're going after is very digital savvy women who want to empower other women. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I don't know, like after Peachy Lean, like I obviously... I would like to move on from Peachy Lean, but if I do move on from Peachy Lean, I will be given back my time to help other women to believe in themselves to do what I've done. And that's it. Very good. Brilliant. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Or is there a quote that you stand by? It's, it's around time. Uh, someone said to me one time, um, choose your time wisely because you can sell it, but you can never buy it back. And how you spend it makes you the most richest person alive. Yeah, that's awesome. I was listening to a podcast last week. And you had to make me think of it. Someone said, um, stop saying yes as much. Say no more. Yeah. And I thought that was powerful because they were like, when you say no, you're putting massive amount of value on your time. And then you can always go back and say yes. And just it's just stood with me. Um, last two questions. If you could have a meal with five people dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, my brother, number one. Okay. I would love that. Um, what meal I, would you have, Sharon? What meal would you have? Well, he'd have a bag of jellies because he loved jellies. <laughs> and uh, he'd, probably, he'd probably have a steak and I'd join him join him and have a steak with him. Nice. And then my, Gary V, who I adore. I really do adore him. I would, I would obviously pick the Dalai Lama because I just think that the wisdom is just incredible. And, and he could teach my brother a few things, which is great. And then, yeah, just people who've passed on in my life, like obviously 
young people who went way too soon. A good friend uh, who passed away in 2021, Brian, and yeah, a couple of family members. So like I'd bring them back just for one last dinner and a good old crack, a bit of the knees up and a bit of crack, you know. <laughs> Lovely. Um, I know you mentioned uh, 4,000 weeks there. Have you any other book recommendations that you'd recommend yeah. to the listeners? So 4,000 weeks, it's new. So it's a, it's a, it's a good one. And it's a great one on Audible. Um, if you're interested in how to manage your time better and, and how to perceive your life better, it's a phenomenal book. I, I'm in the middle of it and I'm recommending it to everyone right now. But there's another one called um, The Four Agreements. Um, I don't know that. I think it's Gay Hendricks is the guy. Hold on now. I think I have it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I've actually read it. That's the bad thing. Um, it's an amazing book, right? About how to live. I can't see. Oh, um, sorry, Miguel Ruiz. Miguel Ruiz. M I G U E L R U I Z. Okay, and it's a very simple book. You'll read it in a day. I was hooked, and I'm not a great reader. I'll be honest. I, I, I similar similar to you. I have very bad dyslexia, but I I listen. I'm a great listener. I'll go out walking for hours and listen if I'm really into something. But the four agreements taught me literally four rules of life in any situation. So I used to overstress, overthink, again, you know, around my anxiety. Uh, judgment was a big thing for me, not putting myself out there. And look, like, look at the difference this book has created in my life, right? But the four agreements is very simple. Never, never, um, Never make an assumption, never. And that was one of my biggest regrets is that I did make assumptions. So never make an assumption. Um, oh God, I'm on the spot now. So <laughs> never make an assumption. Always try your best. So any situation you're presented with, if you try your best, then you, you know, you've no regret. You can look back and say, well, I tried my best. Like that's all I can do. Um, what's the other ones? Never make a judgment. Never try your best. Um, oh, I have to. I'm just gonna have to because I could. This is on your podcast. I have to get it. Just give me one second. Here it is. Oh, be impeccable with your words. Okay. So if you're in a situation where you know you'll have people bitching and moaning and being negative, and you know it's all just negative energy, it's right, it's absolutely draining the soul. And we talk about time, like I just don't want to be in that at all. I just want to take myself out of that. But never say something that you don't mean or you can't stand by. So be impeccable with your words. Be honest, be truthful. Don't like be nasty or get involved in crap. It's just it's just because it's literally inward, like toxic for your soul, you know. And that was a big one for me. I was like, you know what? In any conversation, I'm going to be impeccable with my words. And it's just taught me so much. Um, And then. Oh, yeah. And then so, yeah, never make assumptions, which isn't you judging a situation. And then the last one is don't take anything personally. And I swear to God, that's life changing because you just don't know what someone's going through in a day. Like, you know, someone might be rude to you, but you have no clue about what they're thinking in their brain at that particular moment. And when you take that personally, what you've done is you've exchanged energy from something that's gone on in their lives and has nothing got to do with you whatsoever. So I think that was a game changer for me. Them four rules allowed me to just free myself from this inner voice that was like exhausting at times. 
So have a read of the book. It explains the situations a lot better. And um, yeah, life changing. Brilliant. Brilliant. You make you make me think of my cousin there. He's that that quote or that saying where if everyone put their problems into the circle, you take your own back. (laughs) Taking stuff personally is very powerful. Brilliant. Listen, Sharon, wealth of knowledge, some great lessons and takeaways there personally. And I know the listeners will really enjoy it. Um, Where can they stay connected and find you? So we're very active on Instagram. So it's at Peachy Lean Official. Um, join us. You can join the community if you if you wish to join the community. You don't have to buy anything. But if you go onto the website, www.peachylean.com and join the newsletter, you're part of the community then. And we have events coming up in Avoca um, on the 20th of February, which is like, it's called the Galentine's Love Yourself Morning where we're having yoga and free breakfast on Peachy Lean. So, um, yeah, we do love that. And that's one of the biggest things we missed out on over the pandemic was getting together and being together. So if you do want to be involved in a community of women who are just powerful, empowering each other on to be more powerful, um, join us on the Peachy Lean community. That's oh, it. Brilliant. Listen, Sharon, thanks so much for your time and uh, I'll be in touch. Thank you so much.